Hey everyone, Carlos here, and welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at RollTheAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to Roll With Adventure. This session's campaign is of salt and blood. My name is Cass and I am the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today our journey into the stale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris, continues. This session begins in the mid-morning of the 6th of Altor, in the year 1069 PR, with our party driving onwards to search the main floor after a successful seance that contacted the alleged spirit of Mariana, the Lady of the Manor. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes, to decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. So, what intelligent delight or mind-numbing tale have you to share with us tonight? I'll start us off. Today, tonight, whatever it is, I figured out that we have been saying scared the crap out all wrong all these years as my son who is four let me know i'm saying it wrong it's actually you scared <laughs> he says uh oh, dad you scared me out of the crap and apparently this is the correct way to say it i've been saying it for 30 years wrong so <laughs> scared me out of the crap just remember i'm gonna take a plus one because that's some good stuff. That sounds a lot less negative to be scared out of the crap. Yeah, that's positive. It's like maybe when somebody scares you and you stop having the hiccups, like it's that level of kind of a good thing, I think. Yeah, it's all about positivity. He's beaming with it. Say anything with confidence and anyone will believe you. So I love heating pads. I have always said the person who invented the heating pad should get like a Nobel Prize or something because... Anybody who has recurring pain, um, heating pads are a great thing. Agreed. Yeah. So I was like, I always talk about how amazing heating pads are, but I don't actually know anything about who invented them, even though I'm constantly praising this nameless person. So I decided to look it up, and it turns out that the heating pad was invented in 1911 by a man named Earl Richardson, who worked for a local power utility company in Ontario, Canada. And he called it the El Warmo. Uh, interestingly, he left his job and invented some other cool stuff. And I just want to share with you, because I'm actually flabbergasted that this one guy invented so many actually really important, iconic household things. So you get the heating pad. He invented a thing he called the jug cooker, which was basically the precursor to the crock pot. We call it a crock pot because I guess apparently that was the most popular brand of the thing. He invented a thing called the El Tabalo, 
which was an electric teapot that would keep your tea warm. He invented the El Perco, which was like a coffee pot, makes your coffee, keeps your coffee warm. And he invented the El Stovo, which is just a hot plate, hot plate. That's what it's called, hot plate. Anyway, he invented all of these frilly, I don't know, fundamental things that we still have around today and everybody still uses and thinks are super useful. The only thing I don't understand is he was, he was clearly a brilliant inventor, but he was so bad at naming things. The El Stovo, the El Perco, the El Tabalo, and the El Warmo. I don't know what his deal was. Anyway, I shouldn't laugh because I appreciate this man very much. Heating pads are so important to my life. And, um, and for that, I'm going to take a plus two this week because I feel really good about finally learning more about this person that I praise at least once a month. So I learned this week that scientists think that they might be close to identifying the ninth planet in the solar system. And the way they figured, <clears throat> the way they assume that there's a ninth planet is they're actually tracking the orbits of a bunch of the moons. Uh, I think it's Uranus, I think. I forget which one it was, but one of the big gas giants. Uh, and they like mapped out their trajectories and, of their orbits, and their orbits suggest that something is pulling them to like a space. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. I always find space fascinating and terrifying at the same time. Uh, so I'll take a plus one just because I learned that we might actually have a ninth planet again because they don't consider Pluto a planet. I was going to say I wanted to make some kind of snotty remark about we already have nine planets because there's Pluto. He's still a planet in my heart. Yeah, Pluto's always a planet in my heart. Right, right. <laughs> I grew up and my science teacher told me it was a planet. Exactly. I'll tell my tale. So I ordered candles from a non-affiliated seller of candles does not sponsor our po podcast. Okay, it's Bath and Body Works. And they're not cheap. Okay, and I ordered them the day before sale hit for like buy to get to. So I will be taking a minus two to my roll because that was dumb. And yeah. I'm not annoyed about it at all or whiny or anything. So you should go back and demand the discount and pretend that it's like an electronics store where they, a lot of them have policies and like places of appliances and stuff so that if things go on sale, I think it's like up to a week after you buy that you can get the discount. Well, that's really great. That might change my modifier. What you could do is you could just go return them and immediately buy them again. I might change this. I'm like learning stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> but I already committed to my minus two. So minus two I shall get. And thanks for the blackberry basil candle. I bet it's going to be great, even though it could have been free. All right. I don't think I learned anything new this week. Nothing fun. So I'll just share a fun fact about a random animal that I know, you know, some amount about. Um, this is the only skill I have. All my whole brain just just animal facts. So, um, there's a creature that's commonly called a bear cat. Um, its actual name is the binturong. I don't know the scientific name because I don't know those kind of things. They have long tails that are prehensile because they live in trees, and they're really cute. And 
they are known to smell like buttered popcorn. So if you're ever out in the forests of some part of Asia, I don't actually know where they're from. You spell buttered popcorn, probably animal poop, but you know, I'm probably going to just take a zero for that. Dude, what is with all of these prehensile animals smelling like popcorn? I swear to God, there are multiple prehensile animals that prehensile by the way is when they have like a tail that's hooked that like they can hang their whole body weight from but besides that like there are so many that smell like popcorn and i was so surprised when, I, when you said that yeah that's the only one i know of off the top of my head but I, which i yeah i don't know porcupines porcupines smell prehensile porcupines smell like popcorn and anyway sorry popcorn animals prehensile tail porcupines also make some of the cutest animal noises ever so if you ever want a laugh just google it they're really cute anyway fun facts that was really adorable and i am relieved that it's not a gross and terrifying insect fact yeah i don't know what happened i don't know i just read it said here insects <laughs> <laughs> we've broken the streak it's okay well let's see what you roll well, there goes one of my net 20s for today. Uh, I guess we 21 total. That's an 8. I got an 18 minus 2, so that will be a 16 for me. I got a 5. I also got an 8. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name's Corey, and I play Kalina Floros, who is a human fighter who was a former soldier of the Talren Army. My name is Disco. I play Alice, the radiant Genasi, who is a walking, talking magic mirror. And he's also a druid. Hi, I'm Allie, and I'm playing Maya Volta, a human cleric of Cain. Hi, everyone. Carlos here, and I play Marcus Evander, a human rogue who definitely will never stick his hand into creepy, mysterious holes ever again in a haunted house. Hi, I'm Emmy. I'm playing Sylvie. She's a half-elf monk, and she likes to bake, but she's not very good at it. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. Our session begins as the party approaches the double doors that lead to the gallery hallway in Caligos Manor. You pull them open, their heavy doors swinging, and the gallery hallway stretches before you from east to west. Paintings and portraits line the walls, and a hearth sits nestled into the southern wall. At the far end of the hallway are the glass doors that lead into what Sylvie described as the conservatory, and the likely site of a lecky Caligos's hanging 70 years ago. What will you do? I think that Maya probably would like to look a little bit at the uh, pictures that are on the wall. The portraits. I don't know if the other ones are just landscapes, but hoping to learn a little more about the people of this house. Yeah, Clea would also be doing the same thing, glancing at the photos. as we're just. I think we're just walking through. I don't think we decided where to go afterwards. As you slowly walk down the hall towards the double doors of glass that lead out into the conservatory that filter in a greenish and almost verdant light. Paintings and portraits line the walls. Five line the north wall, 
while three line the south. Though, at the east end of the hallway, directly to the right of where you entered, was a portrait of two black dogs lounging in the shade beneath a tree. Along the north wall, the first portrait that you come to, is a portrait of a young woman, perhaps 16 to 18 summers old, sitting demurely with her hands crossed on her lap. Her dark hair falls in curls around her almost diamond-shaped face. Her eyes are the color of grass, and the artist has almost captured an air of innocence about this young woman. The second portrait is of a young man, perhaps 18 or 20 summers old, with loam-colored eyes. He stands in military garb, with one hand at the hilt of a sword, and the other rigidly behind his back. His stiff attire and military-cut black hair lend an air of rigidity and formality to this picture, though a large, black, shaggy dog sits at his heels. The third painting on the north, a painting of a windswept ship. The young woman and the young man from the previous portraits stand at the bow of the ship, holding each other close. A moon-shaped bay is drawn hazily in the distance, as is a rising cliff and a tower of black-green stone from which shines a cyan light. The fourth painting on the northern wall. This is a complex painting. A painting of a tree in three stages. The artist has painstakingly incorporated details into this painting to give it an illusion that the tree is growing as one expands their field of view from the center outwards. Focusing on the tree in the center, it appears as if the young man is gifting the woman a small sapling. Next, the young sapling has grown into an adolescent tree, as the foundation and bones of a house are built nearby by this young man and young woman. And lastly, a manor, strikingly similar to the one you stand in, is fully constructed, with the tree growing in a glass enclosure. In this last state, the man and woman sit under the tree as an elderly couple. The fifth painting is of what could possibly be a family portrait of the young man with an older man standing behind him. The older man and younger man share a striking resemblance, perhaps father and son, or perhaps a painting of him in different stages of his life. Turning to the south, three more paintings. One, a painting of a storm-tossed sea. Though, looking at it, you have a sense of unease. The second, this portrait shows the young woman sitting in a chair. An older man and woman stand behind her. The woman has a hand placed on the young woman's shoulder. Perhaps this is a family portrait 
of what once was the family of the lady of the house. And lastly, the portrait or painting above the fireplace on the south wall has been turned so that it faces the wall. Below it, though, does appear to be another weapon on a stand here sits a rapier. That's a modifying weapon, if I do say so myself. Does the portrait with this guy that looks like in a military guard, does it have, like, any, like, writing, like, on the frame or anything? It does not. Does it look like a towering soldier? It looks like an officer's garb. Of course, an officer from almost a century ago. Oh, wow. Can I see the t- a tassel on any of his swords? Either of his swords? Mm-hmm. And yes, it does match the sword that you looted from the, the sitting room. Found the owner of the so- long sword. Hey, Cass, can I be ritual casting detect magic during all of this? Sure. Alice will be waving his wand about. I wonder why this painting is turned to the wall. And Maya will reach out and try to turn it so that we can see what is on it. You'll have to, like, grab it and with both hands and, like, lift it up and then turn it and then put it back up on the wall if you want, or bring it down to you. Is it too big for me to do that, or can I...? You can do that. But you had just said that you were gently reaching out, so that sort of felt like you were reaching out with one hand kind of thing. Sure, yeah. I will take it off the... I don't have anything in my hands, so I will take it off the wall, and then... What about your fork? Oh, I can tuck that into my belt. I forgot forgot about the fork. How could I forget the fork? Yeah, I'll tuck the fork into my belt, and then I'll take the painting off the wall and hang it back up the right way, setting the house to rights. This portrait depicts the man and woman seen throughout the other portraits as a couple. Across the lower middle portion of the portrait is an unpainted section, though rough pencil sketching outlines perhaps what may have been a cradle or baby carrier of some kind. Oh, just an unfinished painting. Well, do you think, Alice, do you think it would help if we set the house back in order? You know, turning this painting around, maybe taking the dishes and putting them in the kitchen. I, I don't really know how to set spirits to rest. The, you know, bodies, yes, but... I know I would be at rest if my house was spotlessly clean. Everyone, we should just clean the place. That's a great idea. I'm not doing that. Well, let's see if they'd be satisfied with a general tidy. I don't know about cleaning the whole place with the shark monster on the loose. You also know how long it's going to take to clean this place, just from what we've seen? Right, this is a big house, and it's pretty... Well, you know, nobody's lived here for a while. I could ask the rats to help. You could sing it to them. You mean the ones that grabbed a bone? Yes, precisely those rats, Kalina. Exactly those. Unless you saw a more sturdy, more able-bodied group of rats somewhere? Yeah, I think that room kind of tells of their cleanliness. You're right, they'd be terrible workers. Terrible maids, I think. Maybe if there are some harder-working, more cleanly cleansy animals. What about your sheep? A ram? The the little figure, one in the figuring. My sheep would make a great scrubber. Maybe all of yours would help, too. Not sure how much tunneling we want done. 
or if this thing, if my thing will actually summon a wolf, if that's going to be helpful. Well, uh, the badger could not use its tunneling to perhaps scrape grout, something like that. And the wolf could easily... What could a wolf do? (laughs) The wolf could easily... Dusting with its tail. Yeah, yeah, I could just dust with the tail. Maybe we should finish exploring, and then maybe as we explore, there'll be more clues to what we have to do to, to set these people to rest. Maybe it's something to do with this unfinished portrait it was turned to the wall. Maybe, maybe something to do with the baby. Maybe something in the baby's room, if the baby has a room. Well, if these portraits are of his life, why is this one unfinished? Or their lives, I guess? I don't know. Because he ran out of money, maybe. With a man of this big? He ran out of money. Or the baby died, or the woman died, or... I don't know what happened to them. Or maybe they gave their child away for supernatural benefit. I think we definitely need to do some more exploring. I agree. I think we should go look through the rest of the house. Were we going to look in here for secret passages? I don't remember. Mai's just going to absently kind of tap on the walls a little bit, see if she detects anything unusual. Take a little peek behind each of the portraits. Maybe there's a hidden safe that her key will unlock. Cleta will take a look at the rapier while they're do- while she's doing that. I think Marcus has been drooling over that rapier. So, Marcus, how have you been looking at it first? M- Marcus would have been just kind of eyeing it. Kind of afraid to touch anything at this point. It looks to be of a fine craftsmanship. It does not appear that this rapier was fashioned on Merstwall. You've heard that maybe a bit over a century ago, it was quite fashionable for family members of high-ranking government officials, often of senators, to carry rapiers and to duel other individuals for with them. And looking at this, the way that the guard is set on the rapier, you almost feel as if this was intended to, as a dueling weapon. Would anyone care if I, I took this for myself? Go for it. I'm more of a short sword, long sword kind of girl, even though it does look kind of cool. Yeah, I don't even know if I know how to use a rapier. You stick them with the pointy end. Yeah, loot it, Marcus. We're liberating it. Yeah, liberate it. Borrowing without asking. I like liberating more. Well, I mean, we could ask, and Alice will go to, like, reach for his spirit um, board handkerchief, hoping someone's going to interrupt him out of character. <laughs> Kalina will grab his hand, like, uh, how about, let's not do that again. Not right now. Oh, okay. All right. Sylvie, what are you doing? I think Sylvie's sort of standing... By Marcus looking at the just kind of like she's acknowledged that he's looking at the right beer can she I don't know can she investigate the fireplace this seems like an odd place for a fireplace yeah go right ahead give me an investigation check and can I also have an investigation check from Allie as Maya is tapping along the walls for secret passageways and can I also have an investigation check from Alice, this will be augmenting your detect magic when it goes off. 
It's a four on my investigation check. There are no secret passageways. Secret passageways don't exist. Who would put secret passageways in a long hallway that only has one exit? <laughs> now moving on to the hall onto the fireplace. I got a 15. The fireplace looks like it's fully functional. Perhaps the location of this fireplace is more in relation to the fireplaces in the floor above. And they so put it here as well, just to ensure more heat. Especially, you could heat this fireplace and close the door to the ballroom and open the door to the conservatory, and it would provide a decent amount of heat inside there. I have a 22. Cass, I would like to focus. Did you say there's a hearth in this room as well? Yes, that is what Sylvia's looking at right now. Oh, the fireplace is the hearth. So as your detect magic goes off, you feel that pervasive, almost necromantic anchor. Something in this house. Something that is suffusing almost every fiber of this house. Binding, pulling, chaining, drawing in and strengthening all the spirits that are anchored and chained and bound into this edifice. And as you sort of try and pierce through that miasma, pushing and pulling it aside to try and see more, your eye is drawn to the painting of the storm-tossed sea. And you, as you're looking at it, feel extreme unease. There is some kind of magic woven into that painting. School-wise, one moment you think that it's illusion magic, and then the next moment you almost think it's conjuration magic. And then the next you almost think it's divination magic. Okay. Are you going to get closer to the painting to look at it? Yeah, so you said there's illusion, conjuration, and divination, correct? Yeah. So Alice has kind of been whispering under his breath out of the side of his mouth while he's communicating with all of you. Like, it's kind of like one of those, oh yeah, Kalina, oh yeah, and what the... So he's been like doing this incantation under his breath. And the second that it finishes, the demeanor on his face changes and those familiar liquid glass eyes uh, kind of um, focus in on his wand as it finishes the incantation and from the tip of his wand a like small mirror kind of oozes out of it in a liquid form before it becomes flat just like a gps a little arrow points to the painting on the mirror so he's kind of tracking it with his wand as it moves in front of him and you know it's not like a british woman's voice comes out and says turn right here but it's more of like a radar beep a little bit as the school symbols kind of flash over its surface and he follows it, looking down at his wand, and he kind of waves the group over without saying anything as he makes his way towards the seascape to look at it more closely as he determines that is where the source of this magic is coming from. Maya half happily goes over to look at what Alice is indicating, giving up on her half-hearted secret passageway attempt. Secret passage finding attempt. Clean will, like, cautiously walk over behind him. 
So Cass, a feature of my half moon circle is that I have advantage on discerning the true shape of things, whether that is an illusion that hides it or it is transmutated into something else. Does that change anything when I'm having a more active look at this painting? Not particularly. You'll understand in a moment why. I see. So as the three of you look at this painting, Alice, as you sort of lean closer to it, you can see that the brush strokes have, are very delicate. This is, it's a storm-tossed sea with roiling dark clouds and waves crashing. And as you lean closer and closer, trying to see how, what it is about this, it is as you are almost perhaps almost with your eye pressed against it even, that you realize that this has been drawn with tiny, minute brush strokes. Four brush strokes. Every single part of this painting has been drawn with three horizontal lines and one vertical. Yeah, I just drew that in my notes and got chills. <laughs> is this symbol like one of those arcane symbols at all? Like, is this a symbol that creates magic where it is placed? Beg Hilda never used this symbol if it was one, and you never saw it in her book when it was laying open or when its pages would move of their own volition. But it chills you looking at it, and you almost feel as if. It's looking back. Alice will wave to whatever presence is looking back once he starts to get that feeling. Alice, what are you doing? I'm just waving to the presence in this painting. Maya, what are you doing? There's a presence in the painting? Yes, you don't feel feel the presence in the painting? It just makes me feel kind of creepy. I found it was just because I don't like sailing. That might add to it. Your not liking of sailing might add to the disdain you feel. Should we do something about it? Should we destroy the paint? Cass, do I get the sense that this perhaps could be the source of the weather? To be honest, it does look very similar to the weather that is outside. Though, because of the strength of the magic coming off of this, you don't think that if this is the source of the weather, that it is the only source of the weather? Perhaps there are multiple like this. It could be an anchor of some kind, or something that is augmenting and spreading the power. Do you all know how uh, we said it was cool if Marcus got the uh, long sword over there? I thought we gave it to Kalina. Oh, did we? Oh. You're talking about the rapier? Yeah, yeah, that one. The pointy one, the, the thin pointy one. The one that Marcus says you stab people with? With the pointy end. Yes. Could I take this? The picture? Yeah, yeah. Sylvie, Marcus, you have any reason you don't want Alice carry a picture? Sure. Do, we, do any of you want this? I mean... Alice, if it's watching us, should we take it with us? It's pretty big, too. It would be hard to carry around, right? Well, yeah, how big is this? This I, I'll make that easy. Um, Can I pull out the, the dagger that's under my cloak, like in a quick flip, and cut this painting out of its frame? Okay. Oh, lol. <laughs> Alice, what corner do you start at? Or do you just cut down the side? The top left. 
It's the moment that you bring it all the way down to the bottom. Water gushes out from behind this painting, and it doesn't stop. Can I take the rest of it? Water is now pouring out of the wall. You're going to just, like, continue cutting and rip it off? Yeah. As Alice rips the rest of it off, you guys hear a sound, the slamming of a door. The door that you entered this hallway through has just closed. And now there is even more water gushing, surging out of this blank space behind the portrait. Cass? Yes? Is there wood in the fireplace? No. Oh, shoot. Uh, can I have Khalid? Khalid will rush to that door. <laughs> That'll be the first thing she'll do while he's finishing cutting. Alice is just holding it and me being like, I don't think I want this anymore. As soon as Alice says that, Maya's going to try to grab the painting from Alice, throw it into the hearth, and then I'm going to cast Sacred Flame on it. Marcus would have ran to the door, too. Yeah, I think Sylvie would be trying to help Colleen and Marcus with the door. Can the painting make a dexterity saving throw? So, the de- the painting isn't a creature, so I don't think you can target it with Sacred Flame. You're right. Oh, no. Wait, I have an idea. So, the water has now probably gotten up to about everyone's knees. What? Knees? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I think we need to get out of here. This thing is, like, burst. How do we get out? Can I please have everyone roll initiative so that we can just keep this in a nice, healthy order? (laughs) I rolled another nat one. So, just look out, guys. I thought we were going to get stabbed, but it turns out we're just going to drown. So my initiative score is zero. Oh, I got six on my initiative. I have a 19 plus my initiative, so that'll be a 20 for me. Got a 21. I got a natural 20, so 24. Order of operations throughout this initiative is Marcus, then Sylvie, then Alice, then Kalina, and last but not least, Maya, with a zero. So, Marcus, you have made it to the door. Water is gushing from the wall. There is almost the sound of the very waves that this painting had once drawn. And the water that is gushing in is seawater. What are you going to do? The door in front of you is sealed. Sealed as in it just looks closed? Or, like, sealed as in... Is now like part of the wall sealed. Sealed as in it closed itself, and you heard a distinctive sound of a lock. Could I attempt to kick down the door, please? Go right ahead. I will give a, or Marcus, I should say, will give a big ol' hyah and kick down the door. For kicking down this door, please give me a strength athletics check. Unless you would like to attack the door. I will allow either option in this case. I rolled a 16. That will hit. Where are you kicking the door? I wish I knew in real life what the best to kick the door at. Um, I do suppose I'm just gonna kick the middle of it as Marcus lifts his feet and kicks it. So, you kick into the door, and there's a sound of splintering and crack it. The door doesn't give way, but you may have damaged the door a bit. Sylvie, 
It is your turn. Remember, the water is about up to your knees at the moment. Okay, can I also try and help Marcus kick the door in? Yep. Okay, great. With the strength athletics? I am treating this as a skill challenge for the purposes of successes versus failures. All right, great. Love that. I got a 19 plus 3, so 22. You snap out your foot. You strike. Not in the same place that Marcus struck, but just a little bit further to the side. And there is a distinctive sound of the door cracking. And you can see that it's cracked a bit. And but where and where it's cracked, you almost would think the water would start draining out of this room. But it doesn't. Alice, it's your turn. Can I take a needle out and prick my finger? I'll start with that. Yep. And then I, I would like to take my finger to the painting and do my best to use it almost like paint to interrupt the symbols that are on here that I believe are causing the magic. Give me an arcana check. Let's go. No joke. It's natural 20. This 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 dice has a scarab on it, so I'm currently staring at a golden scarab. That's a 26. As you're about to do it, you notice that while that's made up of a whole bunch of smaller ones, in the way that it's been drawn, it's almost as if there is a grouping of them that are actually have been grouped together in the same symbol. One that you wouldn't have noticed if you hadn't have brought it down out of the way out of the way it was previously angled. And so you quickly interrupt that one and you do see that the water lessens that's coming out. But it's still gushing out considerably. I just want to say the symbol is like Baghilda's traditional symbol. And it's a smiley face. Like, it's a line, line, and then a, sw- and then a swiggle for a smile. Kalina, it's your turn. She'll wallow through, and then she'll also just try and strike the door at any free space there is. I guess it'd be, like, to the left of where Sylvie hit it. Strength Athletics. 23. So as you give this strike to the door, you see that the door gives way. It breaks. Okay, let's get out of this freaking hallway. But as it breaks, the water doesn't go rushing out of this hallway. The door is now hanging loosely open, but it is almost as if it has hit a wall of some kind that it can't pass through. The water, that is. The door is hanging open. That's not scary at all. Maya, it's your turn. The water is coming out of the wall, not the painting. It's coming out of the inside of the frame. Okay, I think Maya is going to pull the frame off the wall and try to break the frame. You are being doused in water. So, like, I can't pull it off the wall? I wouldn't say that it's as strong as a broken, like, fire main, but I'd say it's bigger than that. So you could, but I would ask you for a strength athletics check to get to it to try and pull it off. I think the Gurdens of Weather works. That is what Maya would try to do, even if Ali doesn't think that it has a strong chance of succeeding. So, a strength check, you say. I'm really happy to say that I didn't roll a third natural one. But I did roll a two, so that's a four. As you're struggling to try and get to it, another pulsing wave of water comes through it, much bigger than before. And it raises the water level now, probably up to almost, like, about the waist on most people. Marcus, it's your turn. 
The door is open, but now the water has risen, and it's not flowing into the ballroom. How big is the hole again? Like, is it possible just for me to... The door is actually open. One door is hanging, slightly off one hinge, probably. Can I just exit? Would you like to attempt to? I would like to attempt to, please. There is no resistance as you cross the threshold and suddenly are now in a dry area. Probably the difference in the pressure coming in from the water versus to an area with none probably staggers you for a moment and you maybe fall to your knees. But you're able to get away from in front of the door. Sylvie. I would like to do the exact same thing Marcus did. I'd like to walk out of the water. The same as Marcus. You can. As you come out, the difference, how much water there is running around, rushing around you inside that hallway to the no water area, with such stark difference in the resistance, probably causes you to maybe dance forward a bit, trying, keeping your balance and not falling over. Alice, it's your turn. I would also like to do that. Okay, so you'd like to cross to the end and go out? I would. As you go to cross the barrier... You can't. There is a very physical barrier there for you. Oh my god. <laughs> is it because I did it to the painting? <laughs> is that going to take up my action? Am I done? Yes, you still have your action. That has only used up your move action because this hallway, in both length and width from where you were standing, even though it is difficult terrain due to the water, will not move, use up your entire move action and require you to take a dash action. So, you still have your action. Additionally, I should state that in one hand you are carrying the canvas of the painting, and in your other hand you have your copper pot being held by the hand with the pricked finger. I do have a finger, you're right. Well, this is some bull. Alice will see that he can't get out, and now he's mad. And I would like to, like, produce a flame in my hand and try and set fire to the painting that I'm holding. Please make an attack. Ooh, cool. Fantastico. Right, I got an 18. As this painting begins to burn, you see the ink running. And for a brief moment, it almost looks like the burn burns in the symbol that's been this painting's been drawn in. And almost as if the way that the canvas begins to flake away is like the maws of this creature opening and yawning wide and suddenly all the water is gone um while the maw is opening wide um i would like to use minor illusion to make myself sound a lot more scary and i'm going to be like yelling at the painting. You have no power in this house, and we are here to remove you from it. So that's what I'm saying to the presence of the magic. As the last bit of that canvas burns, the water is gone. All of you are still soaked from the bottom half down. Maya, on the other hand, and Alice are both fully soaked through because they were either in front of the painting when it first gushed or attempted to grab the portrait frame. But whatever just occurred is done. What's going through all of your minds? Sorry about that, everyone. I don't want the painting anymore, so 
Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Mar Marcus, you can absolutely have that pointy sword over there. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, let's stop messing with things. It seems to end badly every time. Kalina will walk over to Maya. Did Maya get knocked down or did she just get like splashed with water? She got pushed back. All right, she'll walk over. I was like, you all right, Maya? Oh, um, a little bit, but, but fine. I seem to be fine. But love to get out of this hallway. But before we go, I'm kind of thinking the ghost said something about Hime and the shrines. And I'm wondering if we need to light the fireplaces throughout the house and say prayers to Hime to sort of cleanse the rooms. Is that a crazy idea? I thought we were going to look for a shrine. I mean, yes, they're, they're probably the shrine somewhere, but I know it couldn't hurt. See, we're here anyway. Well, it, it said, it said, seek the hearth mother's grace, correct? I believe so. Does the hearth mother's grace a shrine or is it just light and warmth itself, maybe? I don't think we know for sure. If one of us was, you know, a devout worshiper of Hime, maybe we'd have a better idea. But, I mean, seeing as we're here, I feel like it couldn't hurt to light a fire. And if we find a shrine to Hime, then, well, then that's the answer, I think. But, but if we don't, then at least we don't have to waste our time going back through all the rooms lighting fires. Sure. Let's light it up. Maybe put some of that broken door in the fireplace and, and Alice you could light it on fire and I'll say a little prayer and... Well, is, is the room wet? I don't know if, if, if wet wood burns. Or is the door wet? No. There's no watermarks on the floor. Nothing on the wall. None at all. Oh, so I understand correctly. It's like there wasn't ever water in the room? Except for we're still wet. Except for us, yeah. To be honest, the door doesn't even look like it's been hurt. Wait, you mean the one that was kicked off the hinges looks like it's fine now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, great. It's fine. It's fine. I really hate this house. Oh, this is so... It's troublesome. Okay, so, I mean, do we think we should light the fire here, or should we just keep going? I, either, either way, I'd like to get out of this hallway soon. When uh, Maya says this, Alice, like, suddenly has these two, like, flames in his hands, waiting where to put them. Kaleida will kind of, like, back away from Alice, and you can see she's a little unsettled. There's been a fireplace in almost every room, right? Are we going to go back through and light those two? I mean, I guess so. I think we have to go through the dining room again anyway to get to the kitchen, and then, then we can leave the other ones for later when we come back down, I guess. It if this is the right thing to do, if we don't find Sharon, but just seeing as we're here, I thought couldn't hurt. Yeah, I mean, we could always try. I mean, I don't think, I, I mean, it couldn't hurt, I don't think. Yeah, like taking a painting or anything couldn't hurt. No, no more paintings. You, <laughs> I think we could just leave the rest of them right here. Alice puts his dagger away after, like, looking at the other paintings. Okay, all right, no other paintings. Cass, is the cloth that covered the harpsichord still kind of out just a little outside this door in the ballroom what cloth what do you mean what cloth you don't see any cloth there guys i'm not crazy right there was a cloth covering the harpsichord though right it's gone it's gone there definitely was yeah for sure okay okay 
Do you mean the torture device? Right, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, do I have anything flammable in my pack? Cass, before that happens, can I look inside of the fireplace? Like, can I, like, poke my head and look inside the chimney? Yeah, go right ahead. That sounds like a bad idea. I'm just, like, standing in it. I'm, like, really short, so I'm just, you know, standing in it. Looking up, it doesn't look like there's anything blocking the chute. Okay, but I don't see any, like, strange symbols or... No. Well, there's nothing in here. I have incense. Maybe we could burn incense in the fireplace. It won't burn for long. Why don't we just get some tinder from the conservatory through those doors? Ooh, I mean, I think he, that guy was hanged in there. Uh, I'm really not ready for that yet. Ooh, I bet the kitchen has firewood. Alice, did you see firewood in the kitchen? Did I see firewood in the kitchen? It was foggy in there. I was drinking. You don't remember if you did, but you do remember that there were a couple doors off the kitchen that you didn't investigate. I didn't see anything suitable for Tinder in there, but there were other doors that we didn't investigate. Okay, maybe now's not the time to light the fire, but we could gather wood or something uh, as we go and maybe... Yeah, I, I, I don't have anything to burn, so... I mean, unless we want to burn some incense, but that, that won't stay long. Or maybe, maybe he may won't care. I don't know enough about her. Cass, can I roll a religion check or something to see if my occasional attendance at Hime's religious ceremonies in the prison would give me any idea whether, like, a token flame would be enough or whether she would need, like, a roaring fire in the hearth? She is a kindly goddess. I don't need you to make a roll for this. She is a kindly goddess in that she will take most offerings. But when it comes to hearths, a hearth lit in her name should be one that will spread warmth. Okay. Got it. So we definitely need some... Yeah, we definitely need to find something to set, you know, a good warming fire. A little incense is not going to do the trick, so... Yeah, maybe if we want to continue on to the kitchen and see if there's any firewood in there, or maybe we can break up a table and carry some of the wood with us. For some reason, I get the idea that it will just go back into place, like the rest of everything. Well, there's only one way to find out. Let's go. As you guys start heading towards the kitchen, I assume you're going to go towards the secret door from the dining room? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think that's the only way we know how to get there at the moment, unless we all know, figure out how to teleport through the floor like Alice did. Passing through the ballroom, through that small hallway, and into the dining room, you quickly move to the section of the wall that is open, and move into a dusty pantry. The room that you're in is painted a bright, clean white, and has no windows. Wide shelving rings this room, with gaps in the shelving for three doors and one archway. The doors, there is one to the east, one to the northwest, and one to the southwest, and the arch is to the south. The shelves that ring this room have dishes and trays sitting on them, as if prepared to go into another room, likely the dining room, to serve the residents and guests. 
While these dishes clearly once held food, they have been left sitting, and it is therefore impossible to tell what food once was here. So from your perspective, you are entering from the door to the east. There is a door at the far end that Alice knows about, and then there also appears to be a door slightly down from where you guys are on the other side of this room, and then an arch that goes to the south. So Alice will kind of be leading out front since he's been here before. I'm really not leading them, but I assume they think I would be, but I'm going to be making my way to the basement. Then you will be going to the door in the northwest. Alice is doing this in like in a very comfortable way. Like he lives here because he's been like part of the, like he, he's been here before. So, you know, he kind of like looks around and like, you know, wipes a finger on the table as he walks by it and like, it's kind of, you know, he's not whistling, but he's very casually walking, strolling. Yeah, strolling. What about the rest of you? Clayton will be like looking for, she'll be kind of more towards the back, but she, as she's been up, she'll be looking for like signs of like any other, like if anyone else has passed through here. Other than us? Nguyen's probably looking to see if any other things have changed. Like, the door made whole, or the cloth that used to cover the harpsichord missing. Things like that. I think Sylvie's sort of oblivious, just following Alice, like, oh, he knows where he's going, we'll go this way. I think Marcus would just be a little bit on the high alert. There's been flash floods that don't exist. There's been rats that move skeletons so he's just a little bit on edge so he's just keeping a watch and following uh, everyone else. Moving out of the pantry of some kind you come into an enormous kitchen. Directly in front of you is a large central fireplace. One that you can actually see straight through from this side to the other side. Around this room there are multiple sturdy tables shelves and the walls are covered in peeling white paint. Where the paint has peeled, you can see the lath and plaster. And in some places even, the plaster has fallen out into chunks onto the floor. You can hear the sound of the rain, and you can smell it. Three large windows are set into the north wall, and they illuminate this room freely. The glass in them having been smashed a long time ago. This glass now lays strewn about the floor near the base of these windows, inside the building. Looking out, you can see that this unnatural storm clearly is simply cutting off this house, for beyond it appears to be calm, clear skies. What would you like to do? Look for firewood. Looking about... You don't see any firewood, though there are two different sets of stairs in this room. There's a set of stairs that goes up, and there's a set of stairs that goes down. This is the one that Alice seems to be leading you towards. There appears to be two doors on the east of the room, and two doors on the west of it. I don't see any firewood. Should we check these other rooms? I don't know why they would put it in the near the kitchen, but... I don't have any different ideas. Well, there's this huge fireplace here. They must, I mean, maybe they stacked it outside, but they must have had somewhere to keep it dry. Marcus, any ideas? You're the mansion expert. I played that they could have firewood 
a bunch of different places. There's probably hearths in certain rooms, but again, this is not a normal house, and these are not normal circumstances, so kind of shrugs. Is Alice still heading towards the stairway? Alice has just been walking towards the towards the stairs that go down. Hey guys, random question. Is there any like bottles of any type of alcohol in this or any bottles of wine or any like thing that looks like alcohol in this room? You don't see any in the kitchen. Of course, Alice was carrying a bottle earlier. Okay. What are you guys going to do? Maya will start opening other doors. Probably in the direction that Alice is heading. Not wanting to separate too much. So Alice is heading east. He will first pass a small door on the south that is almost directly across from the set of stairs that goes up to the next level of the house. And then as he closes on the stairs to the basement, he will cross. You guys will pass another door. Well, we'll open the first door they come to. The first door that you come to, you open it, and it is a pitch black room. But my fork lights it up, right? As you pull your fork from your fork holster, from your belt. I made a fork holster. I sewed one. It's on the belt. (laughs) I love it. As you draw the fork from its sewn holster, the light reflects briefly into the room as you start to bring it forward, and you see it flash off many small pairs of eyes. There's a sudden squeaking as a whole bunch of rats disappear into small little holes. But one stops. It stands up on its hind legs, then looks towards you, its eyes changing from their normal color to an almost glassy, grayish, luminous color. Mm-hmm. Maya takes a step back. Yuck. Before that fades, it looks around, sees you, squeaks in terror, and races into one of the holes. Alice? Alice? Alice, you've made it to the top of the stairs down to the basement. Maya? Was another one of those rats with the weird changing gray eyes. Why do they do that? Oh, another one? It's so... Oh, they're under some kind of incantation, I'm sure. Perhaps a ghostly possession, even. Isn't that lovely? No. Cass, is there any... anything other than awful rats in this room? The other room, you realize, might have been what was termed a butler's pantry where the prepared food would have been placed for it to be brought out. This room, on the other hand, appears to be the actual pantry. Hmm. It's rigged with shelves that clearly at one time once held boxes and bags of foodstuffs. Boxes and bags now litter the floor, though, and the smell of urine and rat droppings permeate the room. Oh, yeah, compared great. Would you like to dig? Nope. Uh, okay, there the boxes, like, are they all over the floor? Are there any on the shelves? There are still some on the shelves. I think Maya will take whatever she can carry from the shelves and carry them over to the large kitchen fireplace. Okay. And she might need to make a couple of 
trips depending on how many boxes there are. And so these are mostly small boxes. Enough to make a fire in the uh, in the fireplace, or do I need more stuff? It won't be a big fire. Alice, are you going down the stairs? I am going down the stairs. I believe was it Sylvie was following me. Yes, yeah, Sylvie's following Alice. Just like, huh? Where are we going? We're gonna go to the basement. Oh, right, because you—that's where you ended up, right? After you left us. Yeah, they have great wine down there, like really good wine. Perfect. Sounds fun. At the midst of the wine, can be like, really? And she'll follow the two down as well. Yes, really, Kalina. I would not lie to you about wine, especially if it was good. Is it the same stuff you had earlier? Yeah, and we're going to use it to burn stuff. Why don't we just drink it? We can drink it, too. Now you're talking my language. I thought, I thought, uh, sorry, was did I slip back into uh, Sylvan or Primordial? No, that's the phrase. Oh, right. Well, I have enjoyed speaking common with you, Kalina. Thank thank you for the phrase. Cleo just chuckled. What type of Sylvan do you speak again? I speak high sock shehanin. Yeah, no, high can, how do I say it, Cass? High sock shehan. Sock shay. As you come down the stairs, you come into a large wine cellar. Around the stairs there are various crates and barrels, but extending out throughout this room, there are shelves, mostly empty, but that do hold a few very dusty bottles of wine. The shelves along the northern wall are almost completely devoid of any wine, while the shelves that stand free along the center of the room, aside from a few bottles of wine it looking like being near the back of the room are not wine shelves. They're actually flat and appear to be filled with different shaped containers. They're lidless boxes, sealed and unsealed jars, and various woven baskets. Looking about this room, there is one door in the west wall and two in the south. Hey Cass, do we see the, the box I came out of? What box? I want to go look for it really quick. Just like a quick glance. So you glance, you look around. It's not there. Hey, everyone. I came out of a box that's not here anymore. And I'll point to where it was. Are you sure that's where it was? Maybe we're all asleep. Maybe, maybe. Well, I was. Maybe none of this is real. What? Oh, God. Is Lashes here? You think that? Oh, oh my God. Well, I mean, things keep disappearing and water just stops and i mean none of it makes any sense so we're in an evil house and so it's not that crazy that it's just an evil house right oh my gosh marcus where'd you come from Cass, can i try and discern the truth of reality yeah cleto like in a jump not noticing that marcus down with this is maya the only one still in the kitchen yes maya you are alone in the kitchen oh good i think maya's really busy i don't know that she would notice i'm sorry I thought I was following everyone. <laughs> I thought everyone knew that. Well, then you followed everyone down. Don't worry about it. Maya's alone up there. Nothing bad would ever happen to someone that's left alone. But let's continue your investigation down here. Yeah, she has the mouse watching her with the weird eyes. With Marcus down here, his passive perception is high enough for me to state something. Marcus, you notice 
that this room, the foundation of it, there's two different sets of foundation here. Where the stairs come down, there appears to be this old foundation, but it looks really strong and you think that it might actually just be one giant block of stone. Whereas this other foundation that sort of extends off of it seems more like it was poured or cut or created. Do you all uh, notice the foundation of this house? Is Well, there's, there's two different foundations. One seems to be like a big old slab. The other one seems pretty new. It's kind of a curious thing, don't you think? Is that common around things? As clean as like walking towards the wine that she can see. What even is common if we're in a dream right now, like Sylvie said? There's not even such a thing as common anymore. Well, the easiest way to find out if you're a dream or not is to pinch yourself. Alice will interrupt, like, before Marcus has pinched yourself because he's already being like, yes, of course, the way to discern if you're in a dream is to first test the augmented, you know, reality and push the board. Oh, pinch yourself? Yeah. Just go ahead and pinch yourself. Should we all do that at once, everyone? No, no, it, it wouldn't make sense. All right. One, two, three. And Alice will pinch himself. Sylvie would also pinch herself. Kalina would not. Marcus did not, did not pinch us. <laughs> you pinch yourself. It hurts a little bit. Alice, you see the cat snake that is draped around your shoulder cracks open an eye and looks at you and then closes its eyes. One of its ears sort of twitches and flicks. And it goes back to purring. Yes, cat. do you have something to say? Typical. They never do anything you would. It yawns, and you see its mouth yawn wider and wider and wider, like how a snake's mouth can distend and open. And its tongue comes out in curls, and it makes this adorable squeak. And then it sort of shifts its shoulders a little bit twists them, runs them up and down, just a little shiver, and then pads itself around to the other side so that its tail is now hanging off the opposite side and flops down and goes back to sleep. So typical. Also, fun fact with snakes, you know, like, our jaws are connected at the front. Theirs are connected by a rubber band, which is why it can, like, stretch outward. Right, anyway, snakes are so cool. Can I do anything to like try and discern the nature of my reality right now with my bonus of my subclass thing if this entire thing is a dream and some kind of magic then whoever is doing it is so skilled and so powerful that it is seamless your understanding is that there isn't anyone that can do that especially for this length of time that helps me a lot Alice is very doubtful. Well, you know what? He'll talk. Everyone, I'm very doubtful that this is some type of delusionary spell keeping us in a dream. While I find Sylvie or Revelation riveting, there's no caster that could maintain such a spell like this. But yeah, the foundation. So, Marcus, what is it about the foundation? There's two different foundations. One's newer. The other one is pretty thick and 
solid, but curious about this, the newer foundation. Cass, is it possible for me to inspect to see if it's like any weaknesses? You want to investigate it? Sure, I'll investigate the wall because I'm Christopher Walken. I don't know. Anyway, please go on. Christopher Walken? <laughs> oh. I will give you two different options. You can either investigate it or you can use a history check to see if you've ever seen this kind of foundation before or like a house with this kind of foundation or the two different foundations, like try and determine a bit more about them. Considering that my history is a negative one, I'm probably just going to investigate this. That'd be a 16. Looking back and forth between them, the older one seems to be much stronger, much more sturdy. It almost actually seems like it is one slab of rock, but it wasn't cut. It almost seems like it was shaped. Oh my god. This is odd. This older one over here seems like it's... Wasn't really so much cut, but shaped. They wouldn't. They wouldn't know anything about that. Like it was molded, like clay. Very possible, but it would take a lot of hands to mold that much. But Alice, maybe it was through magic, right? People could do that with magic. Be a simple task for magic. Simple. Maybe the answer is simply magically done then. Can I try to pour some magic into the shaped stone and see what if it... I'm afraid, guys. What if this is the same thing as the painting? What if we just, like, fall into a pit of, like, horrible skeletons? Gotta do what you gotta do. It's at about this time that Kalina has reached the bottle of wine at the far end and has drawn one out. Sylvie, what are you doing while these two are discussing? I think Sylvie's entirely bored by the idea of foundation. She doesn't know anything about house building. She's like, yeah, it's a rock. I don't know. I think she's going to look at the shelves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking across the shelves, you can see that there's various lidless boxes, various jars, some sealed, some not, and different baskets. The various boxes, they're all neatly labeled. Uh, it looks like it's a woman's handwriting that labels... Onions, apples, garlics, and various other things that could have been stored down here. But all of them seem to only contain the moldering remains. If they contain anything at all. Kalina, you've reached your bottle of wine. Is there only just one? Uh, give me a d20 roll. Four. You find only one. All the other ones that you thought were bottles of wine... As you reached out to them, you found that they were just really dusty, empty glass. What once was wine bottles? <sighs> Why is there only one? And she'll just hold on to it for right now. And is there anything else of note in the immediate area? Aside from the doors and the barrels and boxes that are under the stairs and the foundation that really is int- of interest to Alice and Marcus, no. There doesn't seem to be. Yeah, Cleta's not interested in that. She'll, uh... You said there's both doors near down this area? Kind of where she's near at. She'll go to the nearest door. There are two doors on the south and one door on the west. Let's go to the west door. Briefly, we're going to move upstairs. Maya, how's it going? You're alone. I don't know. How is it going? I am busily... So I've moved all the boxes that I could from the pantry... I don't know how long that took. I didn't I didn't touch the like 
poopy pee boxes on the floor. <laughs> Just the ones off the shelves that look mostly not completely disgusting. Won't well, give me a d20. Okay. All right, first good roll of the night. It's a 19. You got a decent number of them. There were a couple that looked questionable, but you were able to just shake them and get some, get the stuff that was in them out. But you brought them over. I'm going to be diseased after this. Inhaled horrible disease particles. I'm sure of it. Okay, and you said the windows were broken, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is there, like, any broken wood, wood uh, window frames that I could take or... It is the glass that is broken. Oh, okay. So the the window frames are still there. Mm-hmm. Would these windows have opened? Would those be easily removable? Or would you like to remove the tattered remains of the curtains or the shutters that hang uselessly open? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do those things. Actually, is it, sorry, the, the shutters are damaged so that they wouldn't close or they're just nobody latched them. They just hang open. It appears that no one latched them. Oh, okay. I won't take the shutters down then. We might want to be able to use those to keep something out. But I will take down the curtain material and then I'll probably investigate the next room that was beside the pantry. The next room has no windows. In it, there is a bed with what appears to have been a crocheted blanket. There's a chest of drawers and a moldered cushioned chair. Anything in the drawers? There are various pieces of paper. None of them appear to have been written on. And then there are what looks like uniforms and undergarments. It seems like it was for a cook. So the drawers are full. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll start carrying the drawers to the kitchen. And then I'll break them down with something. Not sure what yet. And probably burn the clothes. As Maya continues to do that, we'll move back downstairs. Alice and Marcus. Alice, you're contemplating if you would want to pour some magic into this stone? I am contemplating it. Marcus, I really messed up with that painting. This seems bigger to mess up. You could be right, but at the same time, you can't let things that happened before stop you from doing the good now. So... I believe in you, but also if you feel like there's going to be water coming out of this thing or snakes, please, no snakes. I trust you. I hope it's not snakes for you either. And I will put my hand down and uh, pour, try to pour magic into the stone. Anticlimactically, nothing happens. Stone doesn't shift. You don't even feel like it really goes anywhere just dissipates. Perhaps magic was utilized in the formation of this stone in the beginning, but you're unsure, at least you don't think this is some kind of conduit. Can I uh, use minor illusion, though, once I realize it's not going to do anything? Go right ahead. And can I kind of make the surface of it? You know when you roll a magic eight ball and like that thing in there like rolls around and then it lands on an answer. Can I make it look like that, but like it lands on like a message that, that just says, you're doing great with like a thumbs up. And then I'll turn to Marcus and I will say, look, 
it just sent us a positive affirmation about continuing. Isn't that, that's, I guess that's what it's for. That's wonderful. I didn't know stones could do that. So, well, we learned something new. Me either. See, you did good. Yeah, and I'll pat Marcus on the back. Well, thank you. <laughs> and you have to keep up appearances. And then we'll go, let's, hey, buddy, let's go get some wine. Are you going to go to the barrels or are you going to try and find another bottle? I want Alice to like walk over and just grab a bottle off of a shelf, you know. This one's for Hime. So you go to grab a bottle and you realize that every single bottle left is just empty. I'm so sad. Empty? I like took the last bottle. No, Kalina did. (laughs) (laughs) Alice will like, you know, you guys like, he'll look down the neck. Yeah, it's a neck, right? He'll look down the neck of the bottle and like peer into it. And I guess with his perfect dark vision, it's empty to him. Like he can see to the bottom of this thing, huh? Yep. It's empty. Damn it. Sucks. Because this one's not for Hime. Sadly, it does not appear to be. So, Kalina, you cross over to the door on the western wall. This door is the closest to the foot of the stairs. And it opens into a small room that is utterly pitch black. Because do you have a source of light? No, I do not. Just realized that. You were very lucky in finding that bottle of wine. Raw, uncut D&D. Sorry, I should have clarified that. I wasn't sure if there was... I thought there might have been some type of light down here. There is only a little bit of light coming out around the stairs. Otherwise, only really Sylvie and Alice can see. Marcus could see the difference between the two foundations because it's right near the stairs where they tra- where the foundations transition. Okay, we'll just say that Kalina fumbled her way to this other door. That just happened to be the door that she opened. So you open a door into a dark space. Uh, Alice? Yes, Kalina? I can't see anything. Can you guide me back, please? Oh, oh, right. Alice will go over and guide Kalina back. I hate not being able to see in the dark. Yeah, me too. I empathize with you, Kalina. She'll roll her eyes at Alice. I'm real, just like you. Is there anything that looks like it could be used as a torch? Not really. Not down here. Not unless you wanted to break something, like break one of the shelves and wrap cloth of some kind from somewhere around it and douse that in a flimble liquid. I'm going to go back upstairs, see if I can find anything to use as a torch. And she'll go back upstairs after that. Should we all just go upstairs and light the fire? She kind of shrugs. Sounds like a good plan. What do you What do you think, Sylvie? Yeah, I mean, I guess we probably should check on Maya and make sure she's okay. And, you know, maybe not wander through a dark basement where only a couple of us can see anything. Yeah, where's Maya? Oh my god. We did not think this through very well. <laughs> At least I didn't. I should have stayed upstairs. Yeah, sometimes I forget. That's not true. You found that positive affirmation, Rock. That's true. I was just looking for wine. Honestly. Me too. 
Can Sylvie glance in the room that Kalina opened before she goes back upstairs? You see that this is a small, cramped room that's filled with crates piled against the south and west walls. The crates are all poorly made, and some of the wood appears rotted. The majority of the crates along the southern wall have collapsed into moldering piles. That's it. That's all that's in that room. Okay, I don't think she'd go in and investigate anything. She'd just be like, oh, eh, okay, and go back upstairs. You guys come upstairs to the sounds of grunting and heavy breathing as Maya brings in the drawers, hefts them into the fireplace. She spins to look back at you guys. Oh, uh, good. Uh, there were some papers in here. I put them over there on that table. I don't think there's anything written on them, but maybe somebody with better eyes than mine. Take a look at them. I'm, uh, just about ready to light this up, I think. This is what you've been doing the whole time? Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of things. I'm so happy you're not dead, Maya. We we realized you weren't down there, and... Yeah. Well, I thought that we should get a start on this whole hearth grace cleansing thing. Do you find anything down in the basement? Yeah, Kalina brought the booze for the hearth goddess. Oh, do I have to give it to her? I'm just going to drink it, honestly. I think we're all better off not drunk. This house is weird enough as it is. You can still save some for us to drink, Kalina. You should. <laughs> Kalina will nod in agreement. Cass, when you're ready, Maya has a tinderbox and she'll strike up a little flame on some of the cloth. Do her best to get the fire roaring in the fireplace. Kalina pours them out for Hime in there. Fine. And she'll pour like a little bit. <laughs> How much should I give? Oh, um, I don't really know. Give her like a cup full. Like I would want at least one glass. I mean, there's a lot of fireplaces, so we should be sparing if this is all we have. All right, I'll give half a cup and clean a look. Is there like any cups or anything, that a bowl or anything that looks like it could be used to pour liquid into a container? Yes. But it's cursed and haunted and you die as soon as you touch it. No, you can find one. All right, she'll grab the closest one and then kind of, like, put, like, what would be the equivalent of, like, what, a fourth of a cup? And then just chuck it on the fire. For Hime! And, it, like, you can see the pain that she does it. I want Alice to throw a flame into it, too, along with the match, also, with, with the for Hime. As you hurl the fire in, and as... Maya strikes the tinder and drops the flame into there, and the splash of alcohol goes in. Everything slowly begins to burn. And soon, the fireplace is giving off an intense heat. Oh, excellent. Okay, this is exactly what we wanted. Okay, is everybody ready? Okay. Kane, High King... Hear my words. Help me reach the hearth, Mother, that she may aid us in cleansing this house and restore the order that you have ordained for the cycle of our lives. Hime, 
Hearth Mother, help us to free the spirits trapped here. Their lives have ended, and their souls should long since have made their way to you to be reborn or remade. Instead, they haunt these walls, disturbed and disturbing, their presence here unnaturally prolonged, and their suffering acute. Please, show us how to bring them rest. Give us your grace that we may restore the order of things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it did anything, but it it it's a good start. Yeah, that was wonderful. I mean, I feel warmer. That would be the fire. <laughs> but I think this was a good place to start. It's a big fireplace. The kitchen is the heart of the home, so I think I think we're doing well. I think we're off to a good start. Right, I agree. Good yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you finish investigating down, down in the basement? I've done two of the rooms up here, the pantry and uh, where I got these drawers. I think it was a cook's room. There are more rooms, but they are dark and full of terror. <laughs> I stumbled into one room, but I couldn't see anything. Alice helped me back. I looked in, I looked in there. It was just a bunch of old boxes, so... Wasn't even a cool room. Uh, should we finish clearing the basement, checking everywhere before we move on in the house? Well, with your fork, Maya, I think we would be. I think we'd be okay. You know, I'll I'll bring my fork for sure. I was really hoping for some kind of sign that this was the right thing to do. I'll I'll do a minor illusion for Hime's symbol. I'll be like, wow, a sign. Alice. Oh, did you look at the papers? You have really good eyes. Maybe, or maybe they're just blank. Yeah, I'll take a look. It's just, you know, it's important that we have hope. Yeah, you're right. Especially in dark times like this. Right, Alice. Thank you. Right, we'll figure it out. I mean, maybe we just need to light more fireplaces. You're right. This is only the first one. There's lots more to do. I'm free to try killing the shark monster. I mean, that also sounds good. Mm-hmm. Assuming we can. But I'm hoping we can save Timaeus. Yeah, maybe there's a way to uncurse him. I'm really hoping we find more information before we face the shark monster. I agree. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cass. Alice has been thinking a lot on the Hearth Mother's Grace. She's the goddess of, like, the family, correct? Like, that's part of it is, like... She is the goddess of hearth, protection, motherhood, family, fertility, bounty, harvest in some cases. While the hearth mother is associated with the fire and stuff like that, is it safe to say that maybe the hearth mother's grace is a child? Like, is this something Alice can think is a possibility? A child would be a blessing of the hearth mother because she is the one that decides what soul is quickened into the body so every child exists at the grace of the hearth mother but you could also use that term to construe almost any blessing that the hearth mother grants it's true but that is an option that painting is just in alice's head as he's thinking about it and i will with this kind of like distraction uh in his head i'm going to move to look at the papers 
As you move to look at the papers, you hear a bit of a sound, and all of you can hear this. You hear a scratching sound. It's coming from the east end of the kitchen. So the doors that we haven't opened yet? The doors that you have not opened yet. I mean, Alice will look to it immediately. Oh, I'm so glad that didn't happen while I was up here alone. Uh, did the, the scratching sound, does it sound like the same scratching from our nightmare last night? No. It sounds like something much smaller scratching. Like a rat with misty eyes? Perhaps. Clay will still, like, kind of turn to it and draw her sword instinctively. Shall we together open those last two drawers? Did you hear that scratching, Maya? Yeah, I... I mean, maybe it's just a rat. But... We should see. Yeah, we should see. Yeah, mm -hmm. let's investigate. You guys stay behind me. Carefully. Everyone just stay behind me. I'll ch we'll check it out together. Okay. So as you close towards this hallway that sort of comes off the kitchen and these two doors over here, there is a door to your left, so a door to the north in this eastern section of the kitchen, and there is a door that is just east. The scratching seems to be coming from the door that is just east. But you will pass by this first door before you reach that one. Which door will you open? Uh, unless someone says differently, Kalina will just go straight for the door where the scratching is coming from. Yeah, scratchy door. Uh, should we check the other door so that in case there's anything behind it, it doesn't come up behind us and trap us? Yeah, we can get that one first. Just take a quick peek inside. Yeah, maybe maybe there'll be something helpful. So Kalina would try and kick that door, the first door open. It appears that it opens outwards. Ah, okay, well, then she'll open it. Okay, not knowing that she'll, like, quick open it and step back, or try to step back. This room is very dark, as the shutters have been drawn and fastened against the window. The room is dusty and damp, but otherwise in good condition. There is a bed with what once was a pink bedspread and is now mostly a decayed ruin of fabric. There's also an armoire, a chest of drawers, and a rocking chair. Well, nothing's charging at us. I can't see in the room. Wait, no, sorry, I have Maya's fork, right? So I can't see, right? Maya's fork has illuminated the room. Yeah, okay, uh, we can we can look in here later. That just didn't want to... didn't want anything to jump out from behind us. I've got confidence in Marcus if it did. The scratching sound has now stopped. Okay, uh, the next one, Kalina. And she'll walk to the next door. And I'm assuming it opens outward as well. Yeah. Same story. She'll try and, like, quickly open and then step back if she can. So as you step back, this room is larger than what you might have expected. And it has two windows. One on the north and one on the east wall. The one on the north is above a double bed. But it is only a frame. There is no mattress. And there is no bedding. As if whoever was in here had no need for sleep. Beneath the window to the east is a table. A desk with a chair. 
and also scattered around the room as a chest of drawers and an armoire. But upon the desk sits a book. A moldering book with cracked yellow pages and a peeling cover. And sitting on top of this book is a rat with eyes of a luminous grayish white. It looks at you. It seems to make eye contact with each of you, as if trying to communicate. It chitters briefly, stamps one foot on the book, and then scampers over to a hole and disappears into the wall. Did that rat just tell us to read that book? That is... Yes, that is exactly what it said. That's what I popped too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kalina will check the rest of the room. Is there anything else in the room? Every drawer you open, everything's empty. Like whatever this room was used for, whoever used it had no use for it. I hate how you're saying that. I'm terrified. I would like to approach the book and investigate it before opening it. I won't have you roll, since you don't need to. It looks like just a book. A large ledger of some kind. Perhaps a log. There is no title on it. Well, I will open it. You leaf through it. Most of the pages are moldering. Some are blank. Until you come to one section. Here, it lists out, mostly in illegible handwriting... Shipments. And as you keep going, you eventually come to a section that is very legible. A section titled The Staff Log. And with this book in hand is where we will end tonight's session. Listening to Roll with Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. <laughs> I mean, if you do try to go back and get a cheaper price, I'm very curious to know how it goes. Well, that will be in a future episode, and if you subscribe to Roll With Adventure today, you will know exactly when that episode comes out, so subscribe. Thanks. Hi, I'm Allie, and I'm playing Maya Volta, a cleric, a cleric, a human, no, hold on, a human cleric of Cain. If anyone's talking, you're muted. In the cast, we lost your audio.
Okay, I didn't know if it was just me or not. Cass? Cass? The intruder got him. Oh, he's not even here. Oh gosh, he fully left? The dark web movie. Computer death. Oh no. <laughs> Man, this haunted house is just really going beyond the fourth wall here. Honestly, I'm still not recovered from what happened last time. What do you want to do? Uh, leave? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can we, like, dig a tunnel out of the basement? <laughs> <laughs> go, Tunnel, go. At the mention of outside, the storm crackles even harder. And <laughs> yeah, Kleda's also a little shaken by what just happened, because she can't stab ghosts, turns out. I mean, have we really tried? Hey, good point. Once I stabbed a ghost. <laughs> Cass is going to rejoin us. He says he doesn't didn't disconnect, so I don't know why he disappeared. And also, yes, Maya would like to leave the house too. She did not sign up to join Ghostbusters. And she doesn't have a proton pack. That's what we are. We are the Ghostbusters of this town right now. Mm-hmm. That's really more like the uh Mr. Eric Kyle, what do they call them? The Scooby Doo group. Oh, the the Scooby Gang? You're right. The the Mystery Gang, right? There it is. It's that one, I think. I think so, yeah. Mystery Gang. It is the Mystery Gang. Oh, wait, no. It's not the Mystery Gang. Mystery Incorporated. Here I go. Mystery Inc. The way I said you have a finger makes me almost feel like you have a, like a dismembered finger you're holding. Yeah, I just carry it around. Which I could also see Alice just carrying around, but at the same time, no. Yeah, no. It's the ghosts. <laughs>